The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? Now here's your host, Ed Nathanson. What's up, dudes? <laughs> We're back again with my fearless producer, David Zoo Yaz. What up, Eddie? We're about to get it down, and we're going to get down and funky today, <laughs> because today we have another special edition of Are You Not Entertained, where I'm going to discuss music. And more importantly, you know, as much as you hear me geek out about movies and sports and, and ranting, one of my other real big passions is music. I do play the drums. I've always been a huge music fan since I can remember. I know you are too, Dave. Mm-hmm. And so Music, or as the Greeks called it, Lyrica, which <laughs> yes. I think is a Ron Burgundy. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Whale's Vagina is yes. what Lyrica <laughs> That's meant. Translated literally, of course. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So today I'm going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, which is the 20 most underrated bands oh my God. of all time. Now, we always talk and give the glory to the ones that, you know, everybody loves, and I'm among them. I mean, my two top favorite bands ever are Beatles and the Beastie Boys, I'll say three, and Led Zeppelin. And all three of them primarily are really well-loved, well-respected bands. Um, in, in very different ways, but absolutely. Yes, yeah. a- absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and so for me, the way underrated is a tricky term. I think people, it you is. know, some of these bands you're going to hear me talk about, you're going to say, of course, they get a lot of respect. Oh, I, I will disagree with that. What I will say is the criteria for this list is that, one, that the critics never really liked them. Mm-hmm. Two, they didn't, they're not a top-selling album or act ever, right? And three, they're just never mentioned when you mention the greats. Right. Make sense? Absolutely. Okay. I like these rules. Yes. And so for me, this is going to go a mix. It's not just rock. You're going to hear some rap in there, too, and maybe even a little jazzy reference. Ooh. Um, so let's just get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Are they, and are they ranked in order? They are ranked in order. All right. So, And I'd love to hear your take if you think, A, they're not underrated, or B, if I'm way out of line here. Underrated, uh, properly rated, or... Uh, perish the thought overrated, but Correct. I, I doubt that'll come Correct. Out. Let's do it. So at number 20. Number 20. Morris Day and the Time. Wow. Yes. Interesting. I love the time. Yeah. Right? And for me, that's some of the best party music ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Prince Mark. I make no bones about it. He's one of my top five artists ever, you know, R.I.P. And he had a big part of that, and I still feel I get a lot of the sound of Prince. Prince will not make this list. No, 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 no. So so this is a good good, uh, uh, table setter here. Right. They're they're also a great fucking show. Yeah. Like the The Morris. Yeah. Morris peering in the mirror. You know, people forget that's Terry Jerry. That's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Right. Like the, that was one of my favorite bits. Like, like his whole thing was, um, I'm the cock of the walk. That's I, right. I, I'm the man. Yes. And I, I strut everywhere. And in the middle of a song, I'm gonna turn and check my hair. And and the <laughs> yeah. dude and the dude comes out. His job is to hold the mirror. Yes. Up. Oh, it was my a little guy. James Brown nod there. A little yeah. taking it to the next level. Yeah. Um, I mean, look. Jungle Love, Jungle. you know, Jerk Out, you know, The Bird. The Bird. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, the the, uh, the Oak Tree. Was it called Oak Tree? Yeah. Oak Tree. Oh, God. They there's they have more hits than you realize, and they're all certified jams. You ever hear a song called The Skillet? No. Oh, I'll have to call that up. Keep talking about them. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, just for me, like you talked about the swagger, the jams, the show, the preening, the musicianship. These guys don't, don't sleep on their musicianship. They can funk the hell out of it. And they just, because of Prince, because of the time in the 80s when they were really popular, they, they're never mentioned. And I just want to give them props. Number 19 on my list, and I don't even know if you're going to know who these people are, as much as wow. deep as your knowledge goes, is Third Base. Third Base? Yes. I, well, I remember the, uh, let's, uh, there we go, Third Base. Yeah. So, 
I remember the one tune, but go ahead. You talk. Yeah. So up. I love old school rap. Mm-hmm. I think today rap has become shit, for lack yeah. of a better term. <laughs> I'm with you. That's maybe a whole nother podcast. Yeah. There's no there's no melody. There's no hook. No. There's, no, there's like basically people talking over a bass line. Right. And there's yeah. no talent. And it's yeah. all auto-tuned. Right. Like, where the fuck is the talent anymore? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's all today wealth, videos, you know, bitches, hoes, my cars, all <laughs> yeah. that crap. But back in the day, these were a first of, you know, the Beastie Boys were first to the white rap game, but these guys were close second and they were always part of that scene. Even if you read the new Beastie Boys book, Search and mm. and, M- and Prime Minister Pete Nice, the two guys at third base were, okay. were always there, but they had a gravitas to them. They were talking about real things and about, you know, culture and politics and mm-hmm. They have some awesome, awesome shit. So first off, everyone thinks of Pop Goes the Weasel, which is one of their big hits. That's the one I remember. Where they were ripping on MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and kind of of making fun of the... Pop Goes the Weasel goes the Weasel. Right. And it was really prescient because they're actually very light years ahead of what it's become. Right. This fluffy, popish, you know, hip-hop lost what it was. But they had so many great jams. Like Step Into the AM is another one. Free the Hard Way. I mean... They're, the Cactus album is one of the best albums in rap history, in my mind. And if you talk to a lot of the old school rappers, they'll tell you, these guys never get their cred. And I, I just love them. I think they're great. And they're always part of my rotation. If you don't know enough about them, you might enjoy them. Prime Minister Pete Nice, by the way, he used to sit in a throne on right. stage with a cane. Of course. Right. Showmanship. He it was, it was the, yes. Were they black dudes? Or was no, there, there they, was a, they were white guys. White, okay. Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, okay. yeah, they were white guys. And Search was the other. MC, a nice fellow member of the tribe, by the way. Wow, how about who that? Who had the, the, if you remember, the number three shaved in the back of his head. Third base. And yeah. would dance and dance and dance really well back then. You know, the old uh, running man and everything else yeah, they yeah, used yeah. to do. Yeah. But a little known fact, just a side note, Prime Minister Pete Nice is now a baseball historian. Come on. And yes. He wow. left the rap game and he's now works for the Hall of Fame. And it was third base B-A-S-S, of course. B-A-S-S. Words. Yes. Which is a good, it's a great name for a yeah. band. And they were associated with a lot of the big bands back then like tribe called quest and you know that whole de la soul that whole mm-hmm. you know that whole movement there so they need some love all right there you go moving on to number 18 i gotta keep up with my sound yes here, right? yep. but you go ahead yep number 18 queensryche Ooh, queensryche queensryche okay. heavy metal nod yes yes And these guys came out in the late 80s, early 90s, and they were caught up in that hair metal. But they are the furthest thing, if you know them, from hair metal. They're fucking amazing musicians. So they they had they were more um, I don't know soulful is not the word, but but they were, the music was more complicated than, yes. than like a Motley Crue or a Poison. Oh no yeah. question, yeah. it was not just straight riffs and a and a nice catchy chorus. This is like. Really intelligent they do musical. Silent Lucidity is that yes, them? Yes, that's yeah. one of them. But their big opus was an album called Operation Mindcrime, okay. which is again in the in the Tommy vein of rock operas. Mm. And it from start to finish, that is like the the Sergeant Peppers of 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 that metal really? genre. It's it's amazing. They used to tour and just do that album that's, and have the story. And play. it tells a story. It tells a story from yeah. start to finish. It is fucking amazing even they had another with silent lucidity was on was an album called empire which mm-hmm. was also a big hit and the song empire too go back to the rock opera thing yes. i'm sorry what's that called it's called operation mind crime operation mind crime yes would you put you'd put that in the pantheon of rock operas there are only a- so many absolutely okay as a matter of fact tommy i love the who but yep. tommy kind of grates on me a little bit yeah i don't love it either yeah. i think it was it was so ambitious and so it's it's meaningful but you know, it, uh, at the end of the day, it's a little hokey. I, I, I still, they must have been a great band to convince us that there's this moving story about a blind kid playing pinball. It was just weird. But um, uh, Green Day, American Idiot, another great. sort of, uh, fantastic. Uh, love that. Yes. And the worst rock opera ever. Oh, I give the, me it. There were, <laughs> uh, Sticks. Uh, Kil- <laughs> Kilroy was Kilroy was here. <laughs> uh, in the words of Tommy, it, in the words of Tommy Show, I mean, we were singing about robots, man. What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> it did not age well. Oh, it no. did not age well. At the time, as a kid, I thought that was fucking awesome. Though. Well, right, because we bought. <laughs> and by the way, every rock opera has to be about the future and the fact that rock and roll is illegal. Right. You know, yes, and, and, right. and someone yes. has to come back. And they tried to do a rock opera. I saw this um, in England. I was at my family, and no one wanted to go see. A musical based on the music of Queen, which in a vacuum, it's like, of 
course I got to go see that. Yeah, so I went yeah. to see it. It was called We Will Rock You. It, but it was so hokey. The lead character was named um, oh, uh, Figaro, P, Figaro Pigaro or something. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know. It was taken from uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, but it, and it was like the future and rock and roll was illegal and he had to go back and... Uh, and claim it for the good people of Earth or something. That whole know. concept probably yeah. has never been done better than Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Have they made a musical out of Footloose? They I don't know, but I maybe they should. They, should. they should. All right, number 17 is going to, you're going to, I know you're going to say they're okay. not underrated. Number and they, 17. They need a specific intro. All right, you set me up for a fight. You wanted the best, you got the best. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think they belong on this list. Oh, my Let's God. Talk. So I just went. I took my kids to their very first Kiss concert. I saw the photo. Uh, yeah, you... about a month ago in Mohegan Good Sun. Good dad. Yeah. And uh, it's just, uh, I've loved them since I was a kid. I had the Kiss lunchbox. I had the Kiss <laughs> action figures. My brothers and I literally used to pretend we were Kiss in our base <laughs> and put the music on, and I would play the chairs like Makeup? I was Peter Chris. No, okay. but tennis rackets for sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> Most musicians shit on this band they do. because they're very straightforward, simple rock music. But what they did and what they get more than anyone else is they say, fuck you to you people. We're not here for you. Yep. We're here for people like Ed Nathanson, who wants <laughs> blood, yeah. fire, yeah. right, lasers, and the demons, and all the, the show and the spectacle, and straight up ball rock, you know, yeah. ballsy rock. Yeah. I like uh, I Was Made for Loving You. Yeah, that, great song. Yeah, amazing yeah. song. They, they do have quite a library. I've seen them live. I saw them on a, on a double bill with... Aerosmith, um, eh, twelve years ago, something like that, in Great Woods, and they, it's it, they had gone through a phase where they took the makeup off. Yes, you remember that? Yes. That was the lick it up era. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, great song. That was a good song. Yeah, yeah. yeah you hear that song? Um, yeah. Heaven's on fire. That's like another great Tears song. Tears are falling. Tears like are, a go- yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, they had not only had they put the makeup back on, but they went back to all the. Sh- the tricks that they pulled, Gene Simmons with the blood, and I remember turning to somebody and saying, "It's like they're doing a tribute bit. They're a tribute band to themselves." But, <laughs> but, but I, but that was like on my bucket list to see Queen before I died. And, and a quick story: um, my brother, when he was seventeen, was going through his like introspective um, musician phase. He was really getting into music, and everything had to be critical. And we actually saw the members of Kiss in an airport, and I'm like. That's I'm pretty sure that's Kiss, and we get closer. It's like that's definitely them. That's Holy definitely them. Shit. And my and and I'm like wide eyed. All my brother can say is, "I don't respect them." Oh, and then he, come and then, on, Adam. And then he took. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Come on, I think he would revise that now. But then he took a breath and he said, "Well, I respect them for Heaven's on Fire, but that's it." It's <laughs> just <laughs> so random. So random. Well, anyways, anyway, we'll I can on. tell you this is their last tour. If you get a chance to see them, see them. It's one of the best shows. You'll Join ever the Kiss see. Army. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. Number 16. 16. Rage Against the Machine. Oh. Another band that had a huge impact. Really meaningful. They sound different yeah, they than do. anybody. They do. And yet they're never mentioned. You're right. Talked about. This is a good one. Yes. And so, you know, they if you look at their catalog, their album, you know, catalog, not one, not one miss. Not mm-hmm. one miss. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really different. They were angry. They had, you know, a message behind them. Although half the time you couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying. Yeah, you couldn't. But still, you had a, a virtuoso guitarist who's playing it literally with drills and stuff, and yeah. like, you know, doing things with the instrument that shouldn't have been done. But I think they got caught. They got limp biscuited a little bit. Yeah, they if got. You know what I mean? Thrown into that, right. into that category. Yeah, corn yeah. and all that crap. And they're the furthest thing. And from that's that. not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. I think when the history looks back. If they're not given a lot more credit than they are in today's scene, I'll be pissed about that because they deserve it. I noticed a different blog entry on your website, redpilltalent.com. You chose one of their songs as your five favorite uh, pump-up jams. No doubt. Which and it wasn't. Um, oh, I forget. They have two like they have twin awesome yeah, iconic uh, songs. So, uh, Bulls on Parade. Bulls on Parade was or, the one you picked, yeah, I yes, think. Yeah. Yeah, but Killing in the Name. Killing of, in the Name yeah, is the one most it, people think yes. of. Yeah. Great song too. Yeah, they, they, um, you can create a, a separate category of. I was trying to explain this to somebody. There are bands that rock hard, and you can say, like, I, 
I uh, author Chuck Klosterman once wrote, um, "No one rocked harder than ACDC." And when I read that, I was like, "He's right." Like uh, the Beatles were a better band, yes, but no one rocked harder than no. ACDC. And in terms of hard rocking bands, Rage Against the Machine has to be top uh, ten. I would uh, say. Without doubt, yeah. without doubt. I'm glad to hear you agree with that. I agree with that one. All right, number fifteen. Number fifteen. Don't you know I'm crazy, SA? You trying to get crazy with SA? Don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> Cypress Hill. Yes. Yeah. So I said there's going to be rap in here. And again, when you think about the greats of rap, you mentioned the Run DMC, the Public Enemies, the Beastie Boys, you know, the, 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 you know, the Biggie Smalls, the Tupacs. But Cypress Hill, for me, he's in there. Yeah. They're in there. Yeah. They're definitely in there. They, first of all, you know, ushered in the, the stone rap. Mm-hmm. kind of genre their music was also kind of hard though a little bit yeah. a little bit scary you had the nasally you know delivery of be real which yeah. i which i loved um they they crossed genre. they weren't just for the the hip-hop heads they were mm-hmm. for everybody but there was an edge to that yep and i really i've seen them a couple times live as well wow. and they used to come up they opened up with a huge hand with a big joint lining up <laughs> it's like <laughs> everything course. you imagine yeah but um it was just ridiculously good rap music again that you just don't hear today and what's the song you, you, from uh, that band that uh, so for how i could just kill a man is one of my favorites yeah. you know a lot of people say insane in the membrane that was their biggest right. hit but for me it's how i could just kill a man and it's like yeah they, great stuff didn't they appear on the simpsons do you they remember did. that they yeah did. <laughs> so I, they were part of this music festival if memory serves homer was quote-unquote, in the music festival because he could absorb a cannonball with his belly. That, that was the side story. But Cypress Hill, <laughs> as the Simpsons did so brilliantly, had the, the actual members of the band voice the parts yes. and had the cartoon versions of them. But there was one moment where they're sort of backstage and a stagehand comes up and says, excuse me, did someone order the London Philharmonic to play with them, possibly while stoned, Cy- <laughs> Cypress Hill looking in your direction? And they all look at each other like, dude, did we do that? Did we do that? I don't know. <laughs> it it's was perfect. pretty brilliant. Perfect. Pretty on brand. Yeah. They are in the top echelon of all-time rap acts. I stand by that statement. Okay. Okay. Moving on to number 14. Number 14. Tears for Fears. Whoa. Yes. Talk, talk about a left turn. Yes. All right. So I will always be an 80s kid. Yep. That's that's our years. Those are our, the, what we grew up with. And they, people sleep on Tears for Fears. I think you're right. You know, they have Haven't a, thought about them in a long time. amazing catalog of music. They're really good musicianship. And, you know, they've, they've, they've actually went late into the 90s. One of their hits that came out in mid to late 90s was Sowing the Seeds of Love. Sure. Good song. Which is a very Beatles-esque yeah. song in a lot of regards. But of course, there's the shouts, and everybody wants to rule the world. Like Whatever, yeah, yeah. You can't think of the '80s without thinking of Tears for Fears. And I don't. We could look up what year it came out, but the whatever summer the the uh, year was when Shout came out, it was all you heard all everywhere, you heard. everywhere, everywhere you walked. You heard Shout. Uh, good tune, yeah. Provided the theme song for Dennis Miller's uh, talk show. That was every, <laughs> everybody right, wants yes. to rule the world. That's right. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, Good and choice. and there there they were just called out in Coachella by one of the acts I saw on the news. I can't remember who because I think everyone today sucks. But I saw Tears for Fears <laughs> in the headline. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Wow, they that, played in Coachella. Uh, okay. No, it was right. Weezer. Oh, right. Weezer brought out. Oh, Weezer brought Fears them out. I see. To okay. do everybody wants to rule oh, the world. Oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was really neat. And, and when you look back in the 80s, there's a lot of disposable shit you, like, you'll never remember. But they should be. They yeah. should be. Yeah, they weren't, yeah. Uh, they weren't a one-trick pony. No. Like they, they, their music was unusually melodic for the 80s. They're, we're not talking about like uh, the bangles. They didn't no. make your list, did they? Right. No, no, no. Okay, no okay. bangles. <laughs> this is a no bangles zone. <laughs> no bangles zone. Okay. All right, number 13. Number 13. A little late with the drum roll. There we go. The Swedish foursome ABBA. Oh. ABBA. Now... Look, mm. see, so you're going to disagree with me well. here. So, yes, they have a Broadway play. Yes, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I think they've never been critically adored, right? And well, think- they have. I think a lot of people probably dismiss them as, as sort of the bubblegum pop of their yes. generation. But I will always appreciate good songwriting. Yep. People said that about the Beatles. Shame. But people <laughs> said that about the Beatles early on. They were pop, you know, nonsense, right? Right. And maybe someday, Ed, the Beatles will get their credit. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. If it were up to me, there'd be statues of them in every town square. Yeah. (laughs) And revival bands and other things. Exactly. But ABBA, 
they have a ridiculously huge catalog of hits. And I'm not man enough, or I'm, I'm not too man you enough. You are man enough. I'm man enough, sorry, that's what I was trying to say, <laughs> to say that I fucking love it. Yeah. When I hear that music, it's staying on. Waterloo is my favorite, and whenever yes. I hear it, I, I get fired up. And yeah. you're you're right, and and this this is one. I mean, the only knock on your choice is they have been celebrated in many ways. After, of course, the musical yes. Mamma Mia, yes. and the 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 movies, which we've had enough of those, by the way. Like two <laughs> right. two one was I've plenty. Two was oh, them. I watched yeah. them too. Yeah. And I gotta and I gotta say, like the second one, I'm not so sure we needed it, but. When there's a scene in the second movie where the three dudes arrive on this boat, and of course everyone's dancing on the boat, <laughs> and they're playing Dancing Queen, right. and the young girl's like, "Oh my God, they're here!" And hey, you can. Get. I gotta say, I got a little fired up. I got, I got a little like, "Yeah." Well, you know, you know how I feel about musicals, yeah. right? But when well, it's Abba, when yeah. it's Abba, there's a little bit of leeway for me. Yeah, but just with, because of their music. Yeah, when I saw Mom, Mama Mia, I didn't see it on, I didn't see it on Broadway. Yet. Never, I saw off, never. I saw it off Broadway. Yes, but. The I was every time a song came up, I was like, "Oh yeah, they do this one too," and "Oh yeah, they do this one too." Yep. Good choice. My favorite, by the way, by them is uh, "Take a Chance on Me." Oh, I love that song. Good one. Yeah. All right, number twelve. Twelve. Here's where it gets a little jazz influenced. Wow. Steely Dan. Oh, how about that? Yes. Yeah. Again, as someone who fancies himself to be a musician or at least aspiring one, there the musicianship is off the charts. Yep. Their list of their catalog is way more impressive than most people realize of songs that that's, that's Steely Dan. Right. Like when you hear it, you're like, oh my God. But they they get lost in the shuffle when you talk about the great groups. Right, because their contemporaries were the Stones, Zeppelin, uh, the Ze- yes. Eagles, yes. Aerosmith. Like that that was a, a deep roster at the peak of the seventies. And I guess they bled into the eighties too, yes. I'm sure Steely Dan. But you're right. So I think most people wouldn't have them on like a top 10 list of the 70s, 80s, and yet you could absolutely make an argument. So absolutely. It's a good one. And what I love the fact is it's really two guys, just studio musicians it, it, around them the whole time. Yeah. Donald right? Fagan yes. and some other dude. Yes, exactly. Okay. The other there guy. You go. And yes. the other guy. Yeah. Um, but the the hits, I mean, you know, my old school, reeling in the years. My favorite is Peg. I love that song. Baby Come yes. Back. Yes. Yeah. But featuring Michael McDonald, another studio musician wow. who came in and did the vocals on Peg. It yeah. will oh, come back. Did to he really? You. Yes, I, I never knew that. Yes, wow. so they they just rule. And by the way, little note of trivia about them: the name Steely Dan is a dildo. <laughs> That's what they named it after a dildo from a book. I forget the name of the book, but oh the name God. yes, makes okay. total sense. Did they have an album called Asia? Yes. Asia? Okay. Classic. My um, dear aunt Maureen, God rest her soul, had a horse that she cherished and loved, and named the horse Asia. That's awesome. That. Good name. That's awesome. She digs good music. She does. All right, number 11. Number 11. Straight out of Georgia, the Black Crows. Ooh. Wow. So another band that got lost in the shuffle of the era because they were such a, 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 a something that's an outlier to yep. what was acceptable in their era. That just absolutely rocks. Oh yeah, their album catalog is ridiculous. They're one of the few bands in my life that I would say that I don't fast forward songs. Yep. On their albums, yeah. I, I won't say that about many groups. Those first two albums in particular, I was obsessed with. Yes. Um, and the second one, I want to say, featured these two songs that I must have played over so many times that the cassette probably split. It was Sting Me and Remedy, those Lo- two songs. Classics. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen them live? Yes. I saw them with Lenny Kravitz. Did you? Yeah, wow, they did a, a double. Bill. Oh, my wow. God. It was amazing. Like, one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah. Um, it was at Great Woods, whatever it's called now. Right. You know? <laughs> but, right, yes. Whatever it was. Staples right, Center yes. But, like, they, they were, they were, they went back to pure rock and roll. At a period where rock was kind of Foundering rock, yes. rock was slipping, and early '90s, yeah, that like you know all the great bands of the '70s were getting old, and I saw them, and um, oh, they blew your face off in concert, and they also were one of the uh, pioneers of the make weed legal. Yes, movement. yes. <laughs> God bless the, the Black Crows. Thank yeah. you for your contributions <laughs> at the end of the show. Like for one of the encores, I remember they unfurled this big banner that said "Set Us Free" with a huge weed leaf. And yes, of course, everyone's going. Aah! 
Yeah. I want them awesome. back. I need them. In well, they are back. Again. That So shout out Maddie Blake, a friend of Pod 617, who's on both the Monsterland and the Shawshank um, uh, podcast. He's obsessed with the Black Crows and, you know, used to be radio host on AAF and achieved his dream by meeting uh, Rich Robinson. Um, Sweet. But uh, they have a new band. Well, I don't know which Robinson is in this band. He's going to kill me. Magpie Salute. You heard, have you heard of I them? I have heard of them, but it's yeah. not Chris. Okay, so maybe it's just... Yeah. Eh, yeah. I don't know. It's, but it's definitely got a Crows-like uh, sound. You, you dig I, it. Yeah. I got to check them out. Yep. Thank you for saying that. You got it. All right, number 10. Number 10. Going back to rap. Of course. Eric B. and Rakim. Wow. Yeah, uh, you got me on this one. Tell me more. So they are, if you were to ask any of the rappers that you would consider the all-time greats, they will tell you these guys were where it started. Yeah, you never hear about these guys. Never hear about them. But they are the real godfathers of rap. You know, Rakim is considered one of the best best MCs ever. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd know some of the music they had, like Probably. Microphone Fiend. Like they have oh, yeah, a lot no. of, yeah, yeah, they have a lot of really good music. But the fact is, is that without them, there's nothing. And I, and I always like to give props to the best. Mm-hmm. And Chuck D, in my mind, is the best MC of all time yeah. for Public Enemy. And he even says, no, it's Rock Him. Wow. It's Rock Him. So I would recommend you check it out. Paid in full, great album, classic rap album. I will check it out. Yeah. If he stacks it, I agree with you, uh, Chuck D. That his voice is oh, is like amazing. inimitable, yeah. and uh, so uh, high praise. Yes. Excellent. All right, number nine. number nine. Alice in Chains. Wow, back to rock. Yes. Yeah. Um, so again, they got lost in the whole grunge. Agreed. So you got Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden, who really emerged as the Nine Inch Nails. Right. Yeah. Nine there, Inch Nails. So. Right. That whole Chains they were addiction. like the the ones yeah. that people when they think of grunge they think of that. But for my mind, for my money, mm-hmm. Alice in Chains is the best band of all of those. Wow, it's and a I love stem. those. I love yeah. those bands, yeah. but I think Alice in Chains was better, and they would have been bigger if their lead singer Lane Staley hadn't died from heroin. Yeah, you know, you know, R.I.P. Years and years ago. But they, I mean, Dirt. Have you ever listened to that album, Dirt? I have not. It's, I will. It's the the album for me of that grunge era, from start to finish. Classic. We might have to make a Spotify playlist. Yes, Ed. yes, good idea. Yes, because I because I, w- I don't want to forget this whole. thing. You know, they have Man in the Box, which everyone loves, mm-hmm. and you know, and Wood, and some of their other big hits. That was in uh the what's that movie? That awful singles was it? Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> right. Yes. Tribute to grunge. Right, yes. Yeah. It's um, either singles or reality. Bites, whatever the but one Matt Dillon playing some that you was, know, grunge dude. That was singles. Yeah, singles. Yes. Yeah, Citizen Dick. Right. Was his band, Citizen right? Dick. Yeah. Right. That was funny. <laughs> Touch me on um, Dick. Yeah. But but I, again, I think just Alice in Chains is just a fabulous fabulous group. Good All right. Pick. Moving on. Moving on. Number eight. Number eight. Duran Duran. Whoa! Yes. Stop the press. Yes. <laughs> Duran Duran. You'll get no argument from this podcast. Yes. Um, you know, I'm sure people are going to say, well, wait, they're really popular, but they're never appreciated. Not really. No. Yeah. And they're, again, their catalog is ridiculous. Yeah. When you look through what they've done, they have so many freaking good songs. Yeah. And they went past the 80s. Everyone seems to forget that. They did. They, they had an album in the 90s, which was... So, or at least late 80s that was somewhat celebrated and the tune was all she wants is which yep. is like a, and at that point ironically they were less popular but getting a little bit more critical acclaim they sort of became a critics band for a short while but i got to see them in concert maybe 4 years ago or something they came around to and they still they look oh, like they have an age oh well maybe they'll come back i mean yeah. they're, they're not dead right so but <laughs> but uh yeah I, I used to be obsessed with duran duran so favorite duran duran song uh let's see Hold Back the Rain is kind of my sleeper pick. Uh-huh. I just love that tune. Um, Girls on Film. Forced to song. choose. Great Girls song. on Film. Mine yeah. is View to a Kill. Ooh, nice. Yes, because you also throw in Roger Moore and Grace Slick, James Bond movie on top of it. And, and, and Christopher we'll- Walken. Christopher Walken as the bad guy <laughs> flying around in that in that uh, Zeppelin yeah. with uh, Grace Jones. What was what was the is it uh, Duran Duran of you to a kill trivia? What was the final line of the music video? Uh, spoken, not in the song, but sort of spoken. Oh shit! I should know this. I don't know. I'm. Blinded. I don't remember the yeah. whole music video, but. Um, you know, Simon and company are running around doing Duran Duran things, and and then there are interspliced shots of James Bond and everything. At the very end, someone says, "You must be," and he and Simon turns around and he goes, "Bond, 
Simon Levar. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. They That's had a great brilliant. sense of humor, too. Yeah. They were, they were, oh, they yeah. were one great of the kind. Group. Great group. All yeah. right. Number seven. Number seven. Motley fucking crew. Oh, boy. Yes. Open the floodgates. Yes. So so I love this band. I know how you love the yeah, crew. I love the crew. Yep. Um, again, looking at the 80s, there were so many quote-unquote hair metal bands. They never really were, to me, mm-hmm. a hair metal band. When I thought about them, I know you're laughing. I don't know. Uh, To me, that's like saying an orange is not a fruit. But go ahead. (laughs) You know, it's not really. Well, they weren't about the hair. They were about kick-ass rock and roll. You talked earlier about Uh ACDC rocking. These guys fucking rock. They, they, yeah, they do. Uh, You'd get a a mild fight from me that they're properly rated in history. But, but uh, tell me more about your love because I know it's deep. So people forget how big and amazing these guys were. Like, again, their albums, Shout at the Devil, you know, Dr. Feelgood. Like, these are great, classic 80s albums. As depicted in the movie the Dirt. Dirt. Yes. You, you've seen it, Oh, right? I loved it. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. My Jack, my son, wants to see it so badly, I won't let him. Yeah, and I let him see just about everything, but that's that's a bit much. It's a little tough for, how old is he, 13? He's just turned 14, yeah. Just turned yeah. 14. That even the first scene oh is kind of tough to I get know, through. It's like, let's get all the debauchery in the first <laughs> scene. Just like women doing sexual things that um, uh, you uh, amazement. But but the there was a bit in the in the movie about how they got um, they were accused, as many bands of the time were, of satanic worship of some sort. And so it's like the song "Shout at the Devil." Great song. Thought, I just thought it was funny. One of the newscasters was like, "The band rebuts these accusations <laughs> right. by saying they're shouting at the devil, right. not, not with, not with the, the devil." devil. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a fair point. Yeah, I just love these guys, and I could go on and on. My favorite jam by them is "Kickstart My Heart." That is one of my pump up jams. I fondly remember Ed. You and I. You. You might. I, I used to compose a, a pump up. Uh, uh, mixtape of the 80s. I totally and, remember you doing and this. And we, yes, we yeah. you and I working together at summer camp, I think you convinced me that that needed to be the, the lead song on this particular uh, Kick mix. ass. It, yeah, it just, it does get you fired up. And um, yeah, a little factoid, it was Dwight Schrute's favorite uh, pump-up song for when he went on a sales call on, uh, <laughs> on The right, Office. Do you remember right. that? That's right. He gets in the back yes. of the car and starts punching the back of the seat. <laughs> just, uh, just, just w- maybe there's a uh, discussion for another day, but the, you loved the movie. You loved it. Uh, what, loved it. What, uh, any uh, color on that? What so, you think of so, it? so first of all, I thought the the acting was really, really spot on. Yeah. Um, what's the? I forget the name of the rapper who played Tommy Lee, but uh, he's some uh, famous machine rapper. Gun, right, machine, machine Gun, gun Kelly. Kelly yeah. yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. He was great. He was. He was. He was, great. He was the best of the lot. I yeah, thought. he was great. Yeah. I, I couldn't get over you know Ramsey Bolton being Mick Mars. Yes. <laughs> Too. I, I felt like he was he was gonna take his guitar and cut someone's Johnson <laughs> right. off. Yeah. I also think they didn't talk a lot about the stuff I wanted to see, like the Tommy Lee and Pam stuff and like all oh, the yeah. other right. Yeah. But overall it was great. It was a love letter to Motley Crue, and that's all I wanted as a fan. It was like halfway through it, I was kind of like, this is kind of a trashy movie, and then I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was like it's like um Machine Gun Kelly was good. Some of the other acting was kind of like, nah, but the guy who played Vince Neil was not so good. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And but but the it was a fun movie, a fun ride through Motley Crue's past, and um, it was cool. And it did get serious. And the when what's his name from Hanoi Rocks gets killed in yes. the car with uh, with Vince, with Vince, yeah, which is which is I always thought was weird that he survived that. But it goes to show you if you're in the world of rock and roll or people forgive uh crazy shit like um right. like, whereas if you or i did that we'd be still be in jail exactly yes yeah it's the same way you know snoop dogg can walk into a club smoking a joint with two hookers on either arm and everyone goes well yeah whatever that's him that's what he does right <laughs> <laughs> note to self get into music okay okay number six, number six. Soundgarden. Interesting pick. So they're not my favorite from the grunge era. I think, as I said, Alice in Chains is, but I think these guys deserve a ton, a ton of respect. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, the Nirvana, Pearl Jam stuff that the hype, Soundgarden, Bad Motorfinger Mm -hmm. was the album for me in the 90s. I I just love that album. Black Hole Sun on that? No, no? that's the next one. All right, Um, sorry. But Chris Cornell. One of the best vocalists. I love their drumming. Um, I forget his name, but he's an amazing drummer. They sounded very Zeppelin-y, 
yeah. to me, which I really dug that yeah. kind of nod. And they even said so in interviews. Their huge influence was Zeppelin. Um, but the, again, musicianship, I think, long lasting impact, um, all those things, they qualify. To they be were one of the pioneers of grunge or next level uh, metal or whatever you want to call it. Right. I was a, a DJ in college, uh, and it was a typical college radio station in that the everybody took themselves too seriously and insisted on we play only alternative music because that's what college radio was. No one was listening to the fucking station anyway, but who, so who cares? <laughs> but, I remember, but I remember they used to write notes on the album when the album came out, and I remember picking up the sound. I'd never heard of them. And they had a song called Big Dumb Sex. Yes. You know that song? Yes. Yeah, and um, th- th- it could never get played on mainstream radio because the refrain was, I want to fuck you. Fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck you. And, but it was a great song. Like It, it, it was not Spinal Tap-ish no. at all. It was, it was rock. It was rock. It was not uh, glam metal. It was, it was like, it took, it's, I thought it took rock in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love those guys. All right, we're in the top five now. Top five, good. All right, number five, Genesis. Mm. Genesis. So... When you think of the all-time great bands, a lot of people aren't going to say Genesis, and I say shame on you, because <laughs> Genesis is fucking awesome. People forget. Right, yes. Here we go. This is my favorite song by them, Abacab. Yeah. You know, Genesis, the first concert I ever went to was the Invisible Touch Tour, yeah. if you remember that album back in the day. And that one had Land of Confusion, which was the big hit off of that one with the puppets that were the really Muppets. scary, yeah, yeah, whatever they were. <laughs> it was um, cool. But, you know... I was never a fan of the Peter Gabriel. I don't even know the Peter Gabriel-led incarnation aspect right. of Genesis. But when Phil Collins and it became a trio, yeah. they just put out yeah, amazing. His his voice is so uh, amazing. distinct. Yeah. Yes. He's great. Yeah. Abacab, just an awesome album. They had Man in the Corner. I mean, I mean, there's so many hits. Illegal Alien, even on the fun side, it's, right? Like, Ed, you know, it's no fun. It is no fun. It is no fun. But these guys just album after album cranked it out and i've seen them a few times since my very first concert and they they are just like you just like it's every song you know how there's concerts where you go to where like all right play light my fire yeah. you know like that right, right not right, right. them not them every song yeah it's yeah that's homer simpson screaming um play uh oh crap um <laughs> I'll have to fix this. It was uh, it was from that episode. He he wanted right. um, who plays uh, taking care of business. BTO. Oh, yeah, BTO. Play yeah. taking care of business. <laughs> they start playing. He's like, skip to the part where they say um, working overtime. Uh, anyway, do you know why the song slash album is called Abacab? I do not. It's it has to do with the chord progression, or it, it's uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's not. It's not literally chords A B A, but it's it's the song progression. So the A and then B is the second verse, and then it goes back to the first verse. Then C is the bridge. I, I guess that's the, interesting. Yeah. I never. That's awesome. And yeah. by the way, Phil Collins is also a really underrated drummer. Never yeah. talked about as a drummer. Everyone's always you know Neil Peart and John Bonham and, all, and rightfully so. He deserves to be in that com- that conversation. He was such a good drummer. He scared the shit out of some dude who sat there while someone was drowning. That's right. As I understand that's- it. <laughs> And then shine the light on him in the middle yes. of the concert. <laughs> right, yes. Dumbest urban myth ever. Dumbest. Yeah. All right, number four. Number four. Now we're getting flute into our rock and roll with some Jethro Tull. Oh. Yes. For some whatever reason, people love to shit on this group. And because they don't really particularly fit into any rock genre. I mean, like I said, after all, there's flute in this band. Flute. Yeah, Ron Bergen. Right, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they rock. Yeah. I mean, most people know Aqualung, you know, the, the big hit Aqualung, or maybe Teacher or Bungle in the Jungle, a couple yep. other, you know, their big hits. But mine is Locomotive Breath by them. They they just absolutely kick ass. We're listening to that right now, right? Yes. Well, this is like a long uh, guitar. It's an intro, intro yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But it's like, when you think of Locomotive Breath, it's that dun 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 There you go. Like, that's a great riff on it. But these guys, there it is. There it is. <laughs> but... The, the, I was scared of this band, like really? so much facial hair. Yes, like, so, like and medievalish. Then, and, yeah, and the the flute had this haunting quality to it. It just scared the shit out of me as a young man. But <laughs> I, again, I love Great these guys. Music. If yeah. you haven't discovered them, give them a listen. They're worth it. All right, number three. Number three. We're going back to the eighties. Okay. Def Leppard. Def Leppard, and I. These guys. I mean, yes, they were pop. That's not metal. Sure, yeah. I don't want to even call them metal. They were pop, pop metal, whatever. But they were like the best pop metal maybe ever. 
Yep. Maybe ever. And they really stood out. But again, they're never talked about. They're never discussed as one of the greats. What was the name of the album with um, Animal on it? And uh... Oh, that's not Pyromania. That's the no, next one. That's the one. next one. Yes. Was it called uh, Animal? Uh, it might have been. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but, but that had Pour Some Sugar on me. But, but also um, Rocket and Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon like it, hit and, after yeah, hit after yeah, hit. Yeah. And you know, I think Joe Elliott is a very underrated frontman. Yeah, you know, really just like great. Um, of course, there's the drama with the band. The the one of the guitars died. The drummer lost his freaking arm. Drummer lost and, his arm. Yep, and still Rick plays Al- now. Allen, plays yep. with his feet. Yep. They these guys just rock. And if you tell me you don't like this, what we're li- like even photograph what yep. we're listening to. If you don't like this, you have no soul. <laughs> like, do you do you even live and breathe in the world that we live? <laughs> you know, people listen to more Def Leppard for crying <laughs> out. So, I. I've always liked them when the I, I'm pretty sure it was called the Animal. I, sh- I should get it yeah. right, but that came out my I want to say my junior year in college, and I just remember someone running in and going, "This is the best heavy metal album of all time," and it was you could you could make an argument for it. It it had it, it took um, heavy metal in a direction that you hadn't heard the the chorus of voices that the the harmonies that they put together. And then if you listen to a lot of their songs, you can tell that, um, I believe his name's Rick Allen, the drummer losing his arm kind of influenced the band because there's there's not, a lot of the, the drum is more deliberate. Yes. And, and not as just like, right. And, and it's about keeping the beat. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. And just fantastic. So I got to see them in concert just maybe three or four years ago. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ed, can I tell you, uh, first of all, they they left nothing on the table when it came to showmanship. I have no doubt. Um, video board, pyrotechnics, the whole deal. And Joe Elliott, a little bit heavier than he used to be, voice exactly the same. And Rick Allen did this drum solo that it's like, he the, the dude is like, um, well, he's, I think he, at the time he was still in his 40s because he started playing when he was like 15 yeah, like, or whatever. Right. But just rock this drum solo, a dude with one arm. like um, One arm. Yeah like, yeah. like I have twice as many arms as him and I'll never <laughs> be able to play. <laughs> Amazing. All right. All right. We're in the top two. Oh, my God. We're in the I'm top excited. two. Yep. All right. Number two, the band that gets shit on by critics. <laughs> And non-music fans more than anyone else, and I say non-music because these guys are music. It's about time you're giving Nickelback what they, <laughs> they deserve. Ed. No, 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 oh, no, no, not Nickelback. No, okay. no, no. Rush. Ooh. Yes, Rush, Rush, Rush. The Holy Trinity. The, oh my God! Three at the top of their their genre. Each of their instruments, they're considered at the very top of musicianship at each of them. Bass with Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson on guitar, and of course, Neil motherfucking Peart <laughs> on drums. Rush. Yeah. Oh my God. Like they, again, people sleep on their catalog. They don't realize A, how long they've been around, right. B, how many songs you know by them, and C, how Fucking awesome they are! Yeah, I can't say enough about this. And and distinct and unmistakable sound. Distinct. As soon and as you unmis- hear the sound, yes. you're like, "Well, that's Rush." Yes. Yeah. And, and you know what I always say to my son Jack, who's aspiring to be a drummer, is I say, "Listen, Neil Peart, Phil Collins, John Bonham. There may be three of the only drummers I can say is I know that's them when I hear them." Oh yeah. Right. And the same thing, Getty Lee, the yep. voice. You know that's that's Rush. Absolutely. And the, like the way like. Why musicians dork out over this band is that nothing is traditional. Everything is an exploration, but not in a stupid fucking fish or Grateful Dead right. like jam band way. They just they're putting together really intricate, cool, bleeding edge music. Yep. And yes, it's very geeky. There's a common joke amongst Rush fans that you'll never see a girl in the audience. <laughs> right? It's right. it's dude yeah. music. Yeah, I'm well, so nerdy what? dude music. But yeah. I love I love them. Yeah, and they absolutely rock. This is my favorite Rush song of all time. But even as a kid, I can't remember the wrestler. But I remember there was one wrestler who used to come out to Tom Sawyer. Yeah, and I used to get marked out every time. You know, the, the goosebumps, all that stuff. Like great, you can't, you can't. It's funny because also no female fans fans at the WWE. So it's appropriate. Exactly, <laughs> but I just love Rush. All right, number one. Wait, hold on. Yes. Did you, did you, when you, I take it you saw the movie I Love You, Man. Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah, which a, was great. And a delicious yes. uh, tribute to Rush and geeking Red out. Barchetta. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Paul Rudd slapping the bass. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, number one. Here we go. The Brothers Gibb. B motherfucking G's. Holy jeez. 
and I love this group. And again, much like ABBA, I am man enough to say I love yeah. the Bee Gees. Love them. Yeah. Right? And yes, this is my favorite Bee Gees song of all time, Night Fever. You're really showing your range today. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love a lot of music. Yep. Um, Barry Gibb is up there with McCartney and Lennon. I'm not kidding when I say that. As like one of the great songwriters. You okay. forget, he didn't just write the Bee Gees music. He wrote music for Andy Gibb. He wrote music for Barbara fucking Streisand. Yeah. A lot of her biggest hits were Barry Gibb songs. Right? He wrote so many music for so many other people that were huge hits that you don't even realize it was Barry Gibb writing it. He's just so so amazing, but their harmonies. Like yes, they they peaked in the in the disco era with Saturday Night Fever and all that. And that album is one of the greats. I don't care what you say about it. It's one mm-hmm. of the great great albums. But people forget, they were huge before and they were huge after. Oh yeah. Right? Massachusetts, you know, all these songs, you know, you don't know what it's like to love somebody, like all these songs, which, you know, other people made hits after and they did I covers. Like tragedy. Of. Yeah, great song. <laughs> great tragedy. Song. Yeah. yeah. Um, even w- they came up with a song called One about 10 years ago. That was another big hit mm-hmm. that just, I just love these guys. And they're, people like shit on them. I, explain to me why. I don't well, understand the, it. The, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the falsetto, I guess. Yes. That it's not really singing, but it sound but they're, Songs were made for falsetto singing, so yeah. I don't know how you knock it really. And the, it was because they're a timepiece of the late '70s with the huge hair and the the bell Shirt bottoms, open bell with bottoms the massive and all that. hairy chest. But that's yeah, you hear so, like just listen to that bass line, like the so great. Yeah, that that thumping sound is um, unmistakable, and. Um, yeah, I don't know why they get shut on so much. I, I guess because it's it's some of it seems sing-songy. There was um, just interesting uh, Bee Gees factoid. They were on a, a British talk show, and the host was Clive Anderson, who some will remember as the host of Whose Line Is It Anyway, the British version, the original version. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he started asking them about um, their sound, and he said, you know, you, well, you're a very interesting way of singing. It's, it sounds like uh, dogs being tortured. <laughs> <laughs> And he was just trying to make a joke, but they 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 got pissed. Like yeah. I, I, th- I think that they they probably had heard that one too many times. And <laughs> Barry and Maurice like walk off the set. And Good Ro- for them. Yeah, and Robin's still sitting there. <laughs> like <laughs> he didn't know what to do. And it's like he's like, uh, "Are you gonna stay or are you gonna leave too?" And Robin goes, "Oh, I guess I'll leave too." Which my theory is, I, I don't know this for sure, that that little incident gave rise to the the Barry Gibb talk show um, yes, sketch uh, yes, on SNL, which was really great, which is brilliant. Which and, you, and, you know, what sucks is Barry and Maurice. I mean, sorry, Robin and Maurice are dead. Yes, we know this. Yeah. There will never be another Bee Gees concert, and that's one of the Not big to regrets Andy. I have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll never get to see them, and I wanted to. Yeah. I yeah. really would have loved to have seen them in concert. I've watched videos on YouTube of them all the time when they were playing live. They yeah. sound awesome. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. Amazing. All right, one last thing on this. Go for it. I have a special, most overrated band of all time. Oh, boy. And I'm going to lose friends over this. I went to school in Ithaca College, which might as well have been 1969 Haight-Ashbury. Because <laughs> that most overrated oh, band I... of all time is the fucking band Fish. All right. Oh, my God. I just don't get it. Maybe I need to be tripping on shrooms and, like, five joints deep. But this quote-unquote music just seems like noise to me. Yep. The fans swear they're the second coming, but I think they're a bunch of clowns. Their music's <laughs> not catchy, well-crafted, or even good. I'm sure a lot of fans talk about the experience like I did with Kiss, but with Kiss, I'm seeing something on stage without the enhancements of five sheets of acid on my tongue. Also, Kiss has a beginning, middle, and end of all of their songs. Right. <laughs> Some Fish songs still haven't ended. We're just waiting for them to end. I just, I, I don't get it. I have so many friends who I really like who love this band, and they try to play it for me. Ed, you got to listen to this, and I listen to it, and it literally sounds like, you know, you and I, yep. you know, jamming. Yeah. Right. And that would not be good. No, you don't understand it. You don't <laughs> right. understand it, man. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck fish. I'm All a- right. <laughs> and I'm done. I hope you enjoyed my top 20 most underrated bands of all time. Yes. You agree. Yes. Leave one wolf alive. No sheep are safe. Hi. I'm Nick. I'm here to tell you about an affliction that affects millions of Americans every year. It's growing and there's no end in sight. I'm talking, of course, about podcast envy. Hi, I'm George. 
I suffered from podcast envy. Sure, I had a podcast, but it wasn't the biggest deal. It was just insignificant compared to other podcasts. I felt so inadequate. Hi, I'm Buck. I felt myself consistently looking at other podcasts. They seemed so massive. My friends and I were finally able to conquer podcast envy when I found the Boston Podcast Network. They gave us a new podcast, a mighty powerful one too. They even gave it a name. Shawshanked. We finally had a podcast, one we could hold up high and be proud of. We were now able to whip out our podcast and expose it publicly. Thousands of people received our podcast on the internet on pod617.com. Some enjoy our podcast in bits and spurts. Many prefer to swallow it whole. Either way, don't wait any longer. Please act now. End your own podcast envy. Go to pod617.com and take hold of your own podcast. Find our podcast Shawshank. See if you can handle it. Don't be ashamed of your little podcast. Get a big one at pod617.com. Here we go with another segment of... George is getting upset! Ed's getting upset. And I am upset. Very upset. Because Broadway has put me in this mood. Broadway! You are in my my sights, Broadway. (laughs) And I'm going to take your ass down. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, first of all, I have been bombarded lately by Broadway... Which has really brought this to, oh, here comes that song from a fucking chorus line. God, I hope I get it. Oh, my God. Now, Hold why? Yeah. Just let the magic wash over you for one oh, moment. Here we go. Jesus, the magic. How many people does he need? <laughs> Terrible. My daughter has and my son are now in the Hamilton craze, and I've been hearing this fucking soundtrack forever. <laughs> I, I don't even know who the sisters are in this, but I freaking hear the sisters' song. 20,000 time, whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's go at it. Here are my reasons why I fucking hate Broadway so very, very much. First is, as you've heard a theme in most of everything I hate, and maybe it's my, my heritage, and I can say this as one of them, as a Jew, <laughs> <but> <laughs> the cost. Yep. If you listen to my podcasts or read the rants, you, you do know. You complain about money a lot. I do, yes. Well, it's in my blood. <laughs> yeah. You know I'm no fan of ridiculously expensive things, especially that you can't take home with you. Right. Case in point, Broadway. A ticket to Broadway or local quote-unquote off-Broadway crap or touring shows is stupid expensive. Mm. We're talking, depending on seats and locations, as low as $75 to $1,000. T- tha- I'm not kidding. $1,000. Comes with no sexual favors included. None. None. I mean, what the actual fuck? <laughs> what are we talking about here? A play? <laughs> a, not a new computer. Not a monthly car payment, right. a fucking play. Yeah, play. Something your kids do at school that I could go see for free. <laughs> All right? Look, I'm no fan of plays. I'll talk about that in a bit. But there's no way you can justify that cost unless I'm eating filet mignon with lobster tails and getting massage while I watch it. <laughs> now, screw that. That's not even going to work for me to pay that kind of money. Right? No, it's not just the ticket. Let's continue, shall we? Mm. Parking in the city? 50 bucks. Easy. 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 Yeah. Refreshments? Just like in my Disney rant, once you're in, you can't leave. No, they got it's you. It's extortion, yeah. right? So let's you know. So that's another 50, 60 bucks. And of course, you have to have the traditional dinner in the city before you go see the play. <laughs> Yay! Okay, here's another. You know, that's another 150, 250 bucks, depending on how many people you have with us. Here's an idea. I'll do a dramatic reading of a Midsummer's Night Dream in my family room with freshly cheesed Doritos, and you can give me the fifteen hundred bucks instead. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, what you said about the the money and the food is, it's not even just that it's so expensive. It's that, like, you know, I like to have a drink when I watch something. And at least you can get drinks. However, you got to wait in a a fucking huge line. And if you want, if you, you know, you order something like a cocktail, it's in this tiny little cup that you pay $7 for with like (laughs) half a shot of Smirnoff, you know? And and, and then, then, you know, you get back to your seat, you drink it, and like halfway through the first act, you're out. And and do I go back again and get an, uh, it's, it's, it's it's torture. Awful. Torture. Awful. Okay. Next reason dress up. Mm. Dress up. You got to dress up. I simply don't understand this. <laughs> uh, you know, my wife and daughter think it's the frickin' prom. Right. You know, when they're yeah. going. You know, and I, I've seen this, you know, when people are forced, like me, I've had to attend Broadway shows in the past. I was told, well, you have to dress up. Yeah, you, you have to dress up. up. Yeah. Fuck you, I have to dress up. <laughs> what is there? A, 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 a people out there saying you're not wearing a suit or a jacket or a nice Patagonia sweater? It's a play. 
Yeah. It's a play. The performance. Are you going to see the Avengers? You're right. going to dress up, Ed. No, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe it's fucking Thor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the performers sure as shit don't care what you're wearing, right? There's no official dress code, but there's this whole thing of like people have to fill out the, the tux, the prom gown, yeah, the you know, theater. all this stuff to go, you know. And again, of course, that costs a lot of money to dress yeah. up. So we're back to reason number one. Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> the next reason. Jesus Christ, superstar. Yes, all right. Is the absurdity. Mm. Now, what do I mean by absurdity, Dave? <laughs> I understand about suspension the of theater, dis- right. the theater of the absurd. Right. Go it's on. The, I understand about suspension of disbelief. I know where you're going. After all, I love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. People with laser swords, right? Yes, and mid- right, right. magical powers. So you're capable I'm of capable going of to dreamland. Of yes. But it's when it turns into song and dance numbers, <laughs> <laughs> you lose me. You, you lose me this time. So here's, here's an example Dave and I are in a studio. Mm-hmm. We're talking and doing a podcast. If this were Broadway, I'd be dum, like, dum, dum, <laughs> right? dum, Dave, I dum, have dum, an idea. Dum. He'd then say, Eddie has an idea. <laughs> we get up, we start singing and dancing in fucking unison. The people on the street all of a sudden comes jumping in the studio with us, and they're all dancing and singing behind <laughs> us about Ed's got a great idea. <laughs> He's got a really awesome idea. <laughs> right? And then, you but know. how will he keep the idea <laughs> right. exactly. throughout this... the years? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I've got an idea. He's got an idea. Uh, oh, my God. I can't breathe. Okay. And uh, the best part about this is, is you ever notice in these fucking musicals? Yeah is everyone just stops at the end and then goes back to what they were doing like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone wasn't just singing and dancing together like ridiculous idiots Yeah, how much? 10 minutes. How much would you give if one of the characters just turned and said, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That happens briefly <laughs> in, in, the otherwise, <laughs> in the otherwise forgettable remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory after the... the Oompa Loompas do their first uh-huh. musical bit and they dance around. One of the characters says, um, that seemed awful rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look, so again, I can believe in laser swords, right? I can yeah. believe in people who fly and shoot laser beams out of their eyes. Well, you could have pulled up Peter Griffin. He said once in an episode of The Family Guys, he's watching a play. Uh, I just want you to know that this isn't doing it for me. Like, I'm very aware that I'm watching a play and I'm not really <laughs> in colonial England or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I can't breathe. That, that was, you were on fire. Okay. For a good cause. Yes. Yes. For a very good cause. Kill Broadway. Kill Broadway. Mm. The next is the prestige. Right. So what do I mean by prestige? I know there are tons of Broadway fans, and I know I'm probably in the huge minority on this. But much like the fucking ski badges, where skiers love to collect these mountain passes, like Boy Scout honor badges for the world to see. Right. Broadway loves, loves, loves to collect playbills. Yeah. And tell anyone with an earshot about how much this show is so fabulous on Broadway or the off-Broadway run or whatever the theatrical or limited run, whatever the fuck bullshit this is. Sweet mercy, make it stop. Ed, you can take the playbills and put them next to your collection of ski badges from the ski <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I, nor any other non-Broadway fan, could give an actual fuck about your stupid playbills. Yay, you saw a play. Amazing. In New York, mazel tov! Mazel tov to you. Honestly, my son was in a play recently that I know was on Broadway at some point. Either way, it's a fucking play. Whether I saw it in a middle school or insert important sounding name theater here, right? Yep. It means a total of dick. Yep. Dick. Okay. Bonus points for those a-holes who say, I saw the run with, you know, whatever the Mr. Broadway star of the du jour of the moment is, and the new actor playing the role just isn't the same, Dave. Right. Not the same. Urge no. to kill. <laughs> Growing. <laughs> the, there's also a thing where actors, they think that they um are just the cat's pajamas because they're not doing movies anymore. They're just on right. Broadway. <laughs> and and this Jesus. was uh, ripped down by um, Michael McKeon, of course, the great oh, Michael McKeon fantastic. from Finals Tab movies. Yep. He played Lenny on uh, Laverne Always and Shirley. Always Lenny for me, yeah. yes. So shortly after the run of Laverne and Shirley, he went on Broadway and then later hosted Saturday Night Live, and he gets up to do his monologue, and there's a bit where there's someone yelling at him from the crowd going, Hey Lenny, where's Squiggy? And so he's going, he's going, and, and repeats. Hey Lenny, where's Squiggy? He goes, you know, sir, if you could be quiet. Like I'm not just the character of Lenny from Laverne and Shirley. I've done a lot of things. I've been on play. I've played Macbeth 
for example, I've even played Hamlet. And so he goes, so, so please keep it down. And so then the guy goes, hey, Hamlet, where's Squiggy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so screw you and your Jesus. Broadway oh, elitism. Jesus. Okay. Yep. Next, lack of originality. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? Do tell. Yeah. Here's an example. Coming soon to Broadway, The Avengers, the musical. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Obviously, I'm no fan of plays. But every time my wife or kid tells me about some hot new show is booing me about a movie is being made into some fucking play, I want to kill myself. Mm. A play. Can't stop, won't stop with that. A fucking play. <laughs> yep. From Mean Girls yep. to Lion King to whatever there is absolutely, you know, the latest thing that they're doing, zero originality. Zero. Yeah. Or new ideas. It's like, let's take this hot movie and do song and dance to it. I know. It seems like they can do it for any movie. It, it first hit me when they t- the Tom Hanks movie, Big, they turned that into a show. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with the movie. Like, the movie's fine, but it's not, it, 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 it wasn't like this, like, uh, uh, I can't think of the word, like highfalutin movie. It was like a nice little movie about a kid. It was funny. Like, leave it alone. You don't need to make it into a play. Like, every, like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's right. a play now, of course, yep. because why not? Spider-Man Maybe. they made into a fucking right. play. <laughs> right. Spider-Man. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> But I don't know what you're going to say now, listeners. Hamilton was never a movie. Of course, Hamilton. No, just one of the most important fucking historical books ever made (laughs) about one of our founding fathers. Way to reach there in your creative brain. Now, Ed, they did. He did put a pretty creative twist on Hamilton. Oh, jeez. I'm I'm going to get to Hamilton. But that's the exception that proves the rule. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So look. Hamilton never did spontaneous singing and deal. And you know, imagine his duel with Aaron Burr. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> no, you're fucking not. <laughs> this is about honor. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Movies over plays all day, every day. Ed, a lot of your Facebook friends seem to have seen Hamilton. You know how I know? Because they share it 20 million fucking times. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> oh my God. I think I just spit all over the studio. I'm so angry. Okay. Last but not least. This is the asterisk to this list. Okay. Is Hamilton. Oh I'm going to go in on Hamilton right mm. now, okay? Now, take every point I listed and multiply it by 10,000. All right, get ready. Thousands John, of dollars. John Manuel, right. you're okay, in trouble. Okay, here we go. Thousands of dollars for tickets for two years from now for right. Hamilton. Can- <laughs> right? right? Here's $10,000, and I can see that in 2013. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. 2019. 2030 is what I meant to say. Right. The, you just said it. The countless social posts with the playbill and half the shot standing in front of the show signs. Right? Here we are at Hamilton. Oh, I've never seen that one before, you fucking a-hole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. People talking about whatever the fuck his face is. You just said it. Min Genbel Zimbrombro, whatever Lin, his name is. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Right. And how I saw it with him. And they talked to the people who didn't see the original show like, you know, let them eat cake. Well, I saw it with Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> right? The whatever fucking goddamn sister song I hear all over the time that my sister will not stop singing. <laughs> God. Yeah, here we go. This doesn't God. charm you to death, then? No, no. It makes me want to put a blade to my wrist. Listen to how they're sort of half talking, half rapping, not oh, really that's singing. Oh, so original. It's called rap. <laughs> the local city tour shows that still cost thousands of dollars. Way to go, Hamilton. I'm a huge history fan. I am, especially U.S. history. I love U.S. history. I read books about U.S. history. And you make me hate Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Seriously. And I never thought that was possible. Serious question. If he were miraculously resurrected today and saw the show, what do you think he'd say? What do you think he'd say, Dave? <laughs> what in heavens am I looking at? Right. Or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yes. And then I think he'd say, fuck you, to the person who did it. <laughs> Way to take my legacy and throw it down the drain. Well, isn't it a celebration of his life? I don't think so. All right. I, don't, I, I, I haven't you know. seen it because I can't afford it. Right. So here, just to end with this. Sure. Sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For all you Broadway lovers, I have an idea. If you must see a musical, go to your local school. It'll cost you at most five bucks. You can hear all these lovely show tunes you like. God, I hope I get it. You don't have to dress like it's fucking prom night. You get to see performance of your kids doing their darndest, which is always cute. And then you'll have seen the play, you know the story, you'll be able to sing the show tunes, and you can tell all your fucking bourgeois friends the specials that you can saw it at the special theatrical run at the Ed Nathanson Ford Theater presented by IBM Theater. <laughs> God damn it. 
The only thing left to do is go, Zam- go on Amazon and just order yourself a playbill. Done. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Broadway. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Don't go to the show. Listen to Ed's podcast. Yes. It's yes. free. It's yes. free. It's free. <laughs> and no singing, song, and dance. Although this time we actually did some. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, there's a bit they do on the, the improv comedy show, Whose Line Is It Anyway, mm. where you have to turn mundane things into a Broadway show. And they just they just nail it. Wayne Brady and company. It's like, okay, like uh, the guy gets home and the woman's doing the wash. And it's like, I'm doing the wash. I'm doing the wash. <laughs> Why must you always do the wash? And it's just. Did he the, use detergent? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm done. Well, I'm done. my friend, um, thanks for listening to Are You Not Entertained? Ed, please tell us where people can reach you. Yes. Redpilltalent.com on Twitter at Ed Nathanson on Instagram, Ed underscore Nathanson on LinkedIn at Ed Nathanson. And until next time, my friends, I ask. Are you not entertained?